This episode is brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. You know what's better than getting away to a beach? Getting together at the beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They've got over 2,000 restaurants, live music playing all day and night, and endless attractions. This place was made for playing hard and beaching easy. Welcome to 60 Miles Where You Belong. The Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Welcome to Have a Nice Christmas, a special festive podcast from BBC Good Food, hosted by me, Miriam Nice, and ably assisted by Nadia Ziafat. Hello. Yes, that's right. And each episode, we're going to discuss and debate some of the classic Christmas staple recipes. And here's the best bit. Two members of the food team will have to present to me their favourite recipes and why it's the nicest thing to serve this year. I get to choose the winner and my decision is final. We recorded this at home, so the sound quality might not be the same as we'd expect if we'd done it in the studio. So what are we talking about today, Nadia? This episode is all about gravy, which is arguably one of the most important elements on the dinner table. And can you kindly explain what it means to win this episode? I can. The winner will get to host the bonus cook-along episode. What a prize. Okay, so who have we got joining us down the line and competing today? Today we have video food editor Anna Glover and our colleague from our sister title, Olive Magazine, Adam Bush. Hello. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, guys. Brilliant. Okay, so um, Anna, how are you doing today? Feeling festive? Feeling very festive, yep. The tree's up, the tunes are on, the mulled wine is simmering. Well, for later on anyway. <laughs> Amazing. And Adam, are you all organised? Presents bought, wrapped already? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> there, as if, actually, you know what? I have done my big present, which I knew I was going to get for my girlfriend. So I've got that sorted. So I'm, I'm halfway there. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so let's talk uh, gravy. Who's up first, Nadia? So Adam, you're up first because apparently you make the ultimate gravy. So can you talk us through your recipe and why you think you make the best one? Um, so the reason why this is the ultimate gravy is because I wrote the recipe. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, basically, when I set out to write this recipe, I was like, I basically, I want to make like the best gravy possible. So it's a little bit chefy, it's a little bit fiddly, but for me, be gravy being one of the most important things on the table, in my opinion, it ties everything together. It like heats up the meat if it's been resting for too long. It's like real a real savior. And so I went, I set out to write write the uh, the best gravy recipe I possibly could. And I'll tell you a little bit a bit about it. Basically, you utilize everything from the turkey so you use the giblets you use the tray at the end of roasting that you've roasted your turkey in um uh, and basically the crux of it is making like the most ultimate brown chicken stock possible and so you make this by roasting uh, chicken wings and the giblets for like an hour until they're really 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 crispy 
and then um, roasting all the vegetables as well in a pan so you get the carrot, celery, garlic, bay leaf, and then um, <clears throat> caramelizing it really heavily. Then chucking in all your water, adding your chicken wings, and simmering it for like an hour and a half to like really draw out all the gelatin, all the really good flavor, all the things that make the best gravy. And then you can pickle the meat off. You can use that in a pie if you want. You can, you, I mean, that could make like a little terrine for your Christmas Day starter. Um, and then you simmer this down and you, you reduce your double chicken stock until it's really concentrated. So you get like all that beautiful flavor from roasted chicken wings. They're really crispy. And then you reduce it down until it's like this sort of elixir of, of, of wonderfulness. It's like brown and it's like got a nice wobble because of all that gelatin. It coats the inside, it coats the mouth when you taste it. It's nicely seasoned. And then that's like you're like three quarters of the way there you could freeze that you could make that in july if you wanted <laughs> you sound so passionate <laughs> i am gravy is the reason why you have me talking about gravy is because i am a huge gravy fan as in my roast dinner plate is usually i probably would prefer a soup bowl like something with it needs to be shallow it has to have like a curve to it, it can't be flat otherwise gravy would just run off because it's, it's got to be laden Okay. Okay. So, but I was going to ask, can you make it ahead? And you said you can, you can freeze it. Cause I'm thinking that's a lot of work. Like that, you know, you're tying up the oven for a couple of hours or something. Oh yeah. More yeah. More? I, I would definitely suggest making this a week before Okay. or a month, freeze it. You can, you can make it well ahead because then the beauty of it is that you've roasted your turkey. So your turkey's been in a nice tray. It's got all those crispy bits at the bottom, the onions or whatever, the trivet that you've got it. And you've taken it off and you've put it on a nice serving platter to rest. And this is when you then add your reduced chicken stock into that tray and get scrape all those crispy bits, scrape all those crispy bits, get everything off, heat it up, get all those good bits because that's all free flavor. You should never bin that. That's unreal stuff. <laughs> and then you take a little bit of the turkey fat that's come off the... Um, the roasting bird you mix that with a bit of flour make a roux then add your stock and then boom simmer it in a pan seasoned thick beautiful gravy i mean it sounds good yeah and i like how almost aggressively yeah. you're presenting yeah. it like really? i feel like i'm gonna annoy you if i do i'll be honest this. i'll be really I annoyed love it. I love if that i lose fashion. <laughs> <laughs> a lot riding on this gravy gravy tastic um okay 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 um so it's got like lots and lots you have to buy quite a lot of chicken wings um what else kind of do you have to do um to prepare uh yeah i mean i mean the real secret of it is is the chicken wings chicken wings are really high in gelatin um and flavor they've got real lots of surface area so when you roast them you get maximum caramelization on the outside um, and just packed full of gelatin, which is basically what gives you the sort of um, body and depth to your um, gravy, which kind of kind of sounds weird, but it kind of coats the mouth when you when you eat it. It's like, and it stays in your mouth, so you taste it for a long time, like sort of a, a jus in a fancy restaurant. That's why it kind of has that luscious uh, velvetiness. Okay, and uh, how much does this recipe make? Like, and is it enough? Because <laughs> I, I feel like lots of people are always like, it's never enough, never enough gravy. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, uh, it, it serves eight. Is, is is what I've what I've put. But does that for, mean one year? Yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. 
I would, I would, if there's a cocktail to be made from this, surely there, there must be some kind of, Miriam, you're, you're a cocktail expert, there must be some kind of cocktail that utilises stock in some way. I mean, I haven't put it in a cocktail, but I'm sure you could, oh, maybe like a Bloody Mary exactly you could go. Exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, that'd be fun, but, yeah. but a bit weird. I, I, I'm just imagining would... that now. A, a, a cocktail that coats the mouth with the... Uh, <laughs> I'm just observing it and being like, there's something, there's something about this Bloody Mary that I don't understand. I don't not like it, but there's something about it that I can't. It's got gravy in it. Yeah, uh, I, I, th- I think gravy must be a big thing in my family because you know how people used to get like cocoa before they went to bed. My mum would crumble no. um, a stock cube into um, a mug and top it up with boiling water and put loads of salt and pepper in it for us to drink before we went to bed. That's so nice. I just feel like everyone else is having mulled wine. You're just having a little cup of hot gravy. Yeah. <laughs> you can you can spike that. I love there's, it. There's, I, I think some it. little shot of something would be nice in that. You can see where the passion comes from then. Yes. From, I, having, I mean, from having a mug of hot gravy before bed. The perfect thing for sweet dreams. Yes, I'm a born gravy, gravy fiend, I think. I think I was raised in that way. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Wowzer. Okay, so that's your your gravy. You have to a real labor of love, um, a real passion project over there. Um, Anna, what's what about you? What recipe have you bought? Well, how can I top that? That does sound epic. <laughs> that is that is just such a there's a lot of love in that recipe, I have to say. Um, but mine is a little bit different. So mine is actually it's it's vegan, but you wouldn't know it. So I like to get ahead um, as, you know, Adam freezes his a couple of months before I do as well. But I don't usually have like the turkey bits, you know, um, or chicken wings. I don't really like to buy chicken wings just to make stock out of. So um, so this one is a really, really universal vegan recipe, but it is an absolute umami flavor bomb. So it's got all the good stuff in there. Um, and the base is sort of like mushroomy. We've got double double mushrooms in there, but dried and portobello. And then we've got like onions, carrots, celery, just like classic root veg flavors. And then those are roasted. So you get some like lovely charred bits, which which, which um adds loads of like uh like golden brown tones to your to your gravy. And then we've got loads of different things to like sort of sweet, sour, um, sort of umaminess to it. So we've got like agave syrup, red wine vinegar, tomato puree, and even soy sauce, which is a bit of a secret ingredient to give it that lovely colour. And I love this recipe because one, it's vegan, so it's so universal. So you can have it with your turkey. You could even have it with like beef wellington, but you could have it with vegetarian uh, starters and sides and um you can have it with vegan mains as well. There's loads of different recipes you can you can serve with this, which I love. So if I'm making it ahead, I don't actually have to cement my Christmas menu. Um, in July, I can make it ahead. And then whatever I make during uh, the festive period, I can sort of bring out this delicious gravy that goes with everything. I really like that insurance policy that I've got in the freezer. Um, so we've got loads of lovely things in there and uh, also it's made it's the base is vegetable stock which um, is made with just you know stock cubes if you want or you could use all of the peelings of the onions and carrots to make that stock in the first place Um, and then it's sort of sweetened with some port which is a really nice festive twist to it so yeah lots of um lots of lovely flavors it's it's got a lot of ingredients in it but I think um, it's definitely worth worth it Okay, so you can get completely ahead, like make the whole gravy. Exactly, yeah, because a lot of recipes okay. sort of, they do um, 
they sort of they revolve around the turkey giblets or the neck or something like that and I kind of prefer to get everything done beforehand but if you are serving it with turkey it's a really nice tip to uh to pour the resting juices into the gravy so I'll serve it with two two jugs of gravy one like vegetarian or vegan and then one meaty uh for the meat eaters so yeah it's a nice tip See, I noticed a, a few digs at Adam there. Well, I'm to win somehow. <laughs> he, he really sold his. I'm kind of like, this is, yeah. You've got, you got to like push down his idea. But it's, it's quite controversial to, to serve a, a vegan gravy with meat, maybe. So w- what would you say justifies that? Would you say the fact that it's sort of suitable for all different types of dinner, that you can serve it to all your guests and it's quite adaptable? Exactly. Yeah. I think what I love about it is that you wouldn't know it was vegan. It's just a really, really rich umami. Like it's got all of the flavor profile that you want, um, but it doesn't over, the flavor doesn't overtake any of the other flavors as well, which I really like. Uh, Because sometimes if you have a meaty gravy, (laughs) then um, you sort of feel like that kind of overtakes the flavor of of the dish. Although I am with you, Adam, I do want my roast dinner in sort of a shallow bowl so I can... (laughs) So I can have a spoon. So what what's the thickness of your gravy, Anna? Because Adam really sort of hammered home that it's his is very thick. So what's where's yours on the scale? I'm a, I am a thinnish person. Yeah, I'm not. I don't really like a thick gravy. Has to be. It has to be like sort of. It coats the spoon, but it's still re- quite thin, almost jus. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like okay. mine's yeah. not that thick just put just to just to put it out there mine's not like real thick like it's, it's not, not like, like sliceable no no it's not like <laughs> um you know like pre-powdered custard that you know like like that I don't, it's, it, it wobbles is, yeah it, <laughs> when you were describing it that's what i was imagining like yeah. you sort of like you have to really struggle to pour it over your dinner and then yeah. you can just sort of take slices out of it like as you ganache. eat it yeah <laughs> <laughs> No, definitely not. Okay, I mean they both sound really good. This is going to be this is going to be tougher than I thought. <laughs> the, I mean the problem that you, you the real predicament you have us in here is that both gravies have uh, huge pluses. You know, so I mean that's up to you, Miss, to, to decide who who wins here. But I mean the clear winner is me. Um, <laughs> just, I knew there was I knew there was a yeah. but there. Like, he, he was, was totally trying to throw me off. He was too reasonable. No, for, I'd like to commend Anna. <laughs> I'd like to really commend Anna on on her effort there. That was, um, <laughs> we should yeah. have frozen some and sent some in parcels for you to try. Oh, yeah. yeah, I yeah. would I would have enjoyed that. That it's, would have been. It's Anna. not too late. You can both still do it. Anna, did you have you ever worked in sales? I mean, you real. There was a real, real effort there. (laughs) See, I think you should knock points off for for his sheer confidence. Just (laughs) knock him down a few. But underneath that confidence is just is just a a scared and shy young man drinking um, cups of gravy before bed. Yeah. (laughs) Putting a cup of gravy out for Father Christmas. (laughs) Genuinely, that's what we do. And a sausage roll. So nice. Oh, <laughs> that's very sweet. Okay. Um, but then the Anna, Anna's is really inclusive because, you know, you could then... I'm a big fan of that. I've done that before, made like a really good like onion gravy when I've known that I've had some meat eaters and some veggie at the table because then I didn't have to worry about um, doing two or, you know, saying, oh, actually, this one is for you, this one is, is for you. And, you know, that's quite... quite. So that is helpful. Mm. 
it's going to be tough. Okay, so we've had, kind of heard both um, cases. Is there anything you want to say to Adam, Anna, about his gravy? Do you want to challenge him on anything? It sounds, it's, it does sound really nice. Um, I definitely, and I'm, I'm glad that we cleared up the uh, how the thickness of it because I, I hate it when you've got to like mix the gravy. It's got a massive skill on it before you pour it over. So that's, that's fine. Uh, do you make the... Um, do you add stock or is it water that you add to the to the gravy? This episode is brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. You know what's better than getting away to a beach? Getting together at the beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They've got over 2,000 restaurants, live music playing all day and night, and endless attractions. This place was made for playing hard and beaching easy. Welcome to 60 Miles Where You Belong. The Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As well uh, you, as you, 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 you make your own stock. Really, I think that's the that's the secret. It's it's you don't need to use um, any kind of stock cube or pot or anything like that. You'd like in July or whenever you want to do it, you've gone to the effort of making your own sort of really concentrated, beautiful stock that you then transform into gravy. Have you got any umami elements in your gravy? <laughs> Uh, no, but that's, that's 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 what I was gonna. I mean, really talk about is that all the umami things that are in my are, are, are the naturally occurring things that are on like when you get the the is it the Mallard reaction. Yeah, when you get when it, when things caramelize and it changes the enzymes and everything, it makes everything really delicious. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't really need any of those secret ingredient Ooh. little fakes um, as, as you do. <laughs> um, the mine's, clues are out. <laughs> mine's just uh, you know just a, a, a normal chicken stock. Oh, hello, there's a cat. <laughs> My cat comes say hi. What? I probably heard you say mallard and thought you meant a dog. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or, my, just, or, just gravy. or just gravy. <laughs> okay, all right. Can I ask Anna a question, please? Yeah. Um, how many ingredients yeah, does yours have? I can count them. <laughs> well, as if, that's almost Good. as if you have the recipe open in front of you. Well, I hope she does. <laughs> 16. 16, but about 10 of them are store cupboard ingredients that you wouldn't need to buy specifically for this recipe, which is also why I like it. Oh, mm. okay. Adam, yours? That's very presumptuous. Um, <laughs> sorry, this is just talk amongst yourselves, people at home. <laughs> <laughs> just counting. Just uh, intense counting there. 10. Oh. Ten. I've, I've counted the turkey as one whole, and that includes the giblets and the fat that comes off. Can you explain what part the giblet is as a as a rookie chef? Um, it's often the neck. 
Oh, nice. Um, which is actually uh, like, yeah, it's, it's as as you think with any bird, it's kind of quite a long piece that comes and also any um, liver and things like that, bit of offal. Um, so that also adds a little bit more depth to your gravy. But yeah, but it's often something if that you, people throw away. If you get your turkey and that's not with it or you're, mm-hmm. you're doing chicken and, and sometimes you don't you don't get those included what could you do instead to be honest it's it's not vital because of the chicken wings um yeah it's it's just it's just like a, a sort of using up thing really it's like if if you've got it fantastic if you don't still fantastic you're gonna get great and um sorry no I, was, I i do like the idea of chicken wings as well i think that's a nice little extra addition you could snack on after Completely, and basically, that, that, Sorry, this, is, this is what you do when <laughs> when you when you're a chef, basically, to make like real good um, sauces. Or in my experience, you get quite a large amount of chicken wings and then roast them, and then often eat them while you're making the gravy. So you know, it's like good memories for me. Little chef chef treats. Yeah, um, absolutely. You said that you could take the meat off the um, chicken wings and make a little starter or something. Can you talk us through what you would do with that? Has it still got enough flavour in it? Uh, yeah. Of course, you have obviously boiled out a little bit of the flavour, but what you could do is, you know what you could do is make like sort of chicken rillettes kind of thing. So when you strain oh, yeah. off your, um, when all your, your everything's been boiling together to make the initial stock, when you strain that all off, you can sort of pick through it, pick out all the nice bits of meat and like shred it, add some chopped uh, cornichons, pickled onions, um, a little bit of the fat, if there's any been fat on, on the surface, um, and then serve that with like buttered toast. As like, a, and you sort of set it in little um, terrine molds, and you could almost have like a little chicken riette kind of thing. That'd be really cool. All right, okay. And then, Anna, if you don't like mushrooms, is there anything you could use instead? Oh, it's, like, it's, it's a very, con- it's quite a very contentious ingredient, you know. Like some people don't it's like true, mushrooms. True, but then just, if yeah. you did, if you did try the gravy, you wouldn't be like, "Oh, that's really mushroomy." You, you don't know it's there. There's so many other flavors. It's almost like you've got that base beefiness the richness there the meatiness that's where that's what the mushrooms adding they're not adding mushroom flavor um you could you could add other um vegetables if you wanted like um you could for a little bit of added sweetness you could roast some parsnips in there and add those to the stock which would add like a little bit more sweetness um and if you really just hated mushrooms uh you could keep the um the peel on the onions, which will add the colour and more flavour and browning to the to the gravy as well. Um, Anna, what snacks can I have from your recipe? <laughs> <laughs> well, mine doesn't come with snacks. <laughs> have you ever eaten onion peel before? <laughs> I tell you what, if you if Don't. you if you if you like the recipe, um, then we can provide snacks alongside. <laughs> Okay, okay. So even if the snacks aren't directly from the recipe, what can I eat instead? What would you be eating whilst you're making your gravy? Um, I'd be drinking, well now, I'd be <laughs> drinking a mug of this gravy because, because that's fine to do. <laughs> oh, that, that's actually quite a good one. I'm impressed with that. Yeah. Um, but it would make an incredible um, sort of soup base as well like a mushroom soup Ooh. base if you wanted to add more mushrooms and then blend it and have like a be quite a nice starter as well without the sort of flour element to it because you thicken it with flour now you're talking gravy for starters and yeah. for main <laughs> what about dessert <laughs> set it i guess yeah oh. sweeten it yeah just yeah 
bit of sugar, some vanilla pod in there. No, no, too far. <laughs> Gravy Sounds trifle. Sounds very like medieval, <laughs> like Middle Ages. Okay, all right. Um, you have both presented amazing points. Um, I'm going to need some time to think about this. Nadia, have you got some reader questions you can grill our experts with while I have a good think about what's just happened here? <laughs> <laughs> the, the madness that's gone on. Um, I do have some questions for you guys. I asked the BBC Good Food Together Facebook group if they had any questions for our experts. And uh, I have some here. So Sarah Reardon said, I'd love some ideas for easy family-friendly starters that are light and not soup. Oh, I'd also love some ideas from Miriam for a nice, easy Christmas cocktail to be served as an, uh, I'm going to say this word wrong, aperitif? Aperitif. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. There we go. I used to say um, quinoa. No, yeah, quinoa, quinoa. So, you know, I'm learning. For me, either is right. Okay, great. So, first up, family-friendly starters. Oh, great. Is this festive? Festive starters? Yeah, You do want something light, don't you? You want, like, you don't want something too heavy. Um, I always go down the classic prawn cocktail route because it's so delicious. Absolutely, like, a bit of a special occasion uh, starter. You don't really have it that often. Retro, very sort of uh, nostalgic. But also, it's not heavy at all. So, it's really just, you know, really nice and... uh, fruity like zesty sorry um to start with um or pate is really nice um I always make that head and then freeze that and you could serve it with some little toast and some chutney which is lovely it's like it's anything sort of nibbly rather than a whole plate or a platter or something is great for Christmas day so you can sort of uh, nibble on something just like wet your appetite before you go into the big uh, main main dish how about you Adam yeah, I mean, the, both of those are two things that we traditionally serve. Well, actually, traditionally, actually, I know this person said not soup, but we used to make a soup from the turkey neck. But um, yeah, I think riettes is something that we, not chicken, like I talked about earlier, but we do like pork riettes on, um, because we used to do prawns, but my mum is allergic, so we can't do that anymore. Yeah, riettes is great. It's a really nice idea. And you're right, completely right about not too much, because someone like me is keen to go gung-ho into that and then slightly because there's so much work often that's gone into the the main event that often you want something that's like pull out of the fridge and assembly like pate or prawn cocktail because both of things can be made ahead you can make the prawn cocktail you know have all the prawns cooked the lettuce washed in a little bowl the the dressing made and then it's just like a little make it nice in a little in a sunday glass is that what you traditionally oh yeah classic like in a white in a wine glass yeah yeah um so anything that's no no cook i think is is quite important for christmas yeah. christmas day also you could think about like fresher salads like um like a like an orange and fennel salad or something like that if you wanted something really light um yeah i might i might have to try a prawn cocktail this year actually there's a great I've... one on bbc good food that's got wasabi and like japanese inspired with Ooh. um with pickled ginger in it, which is really, really delicious. A little bit of a twist, but it's still fantastic for Christmas Day. That sounds lovely. And Miriam, can I pull you out of your deciding for a second? <laughs> what you what can cocktail? Indeed. So the um, uh, pre-dinner drink, I think I'd say, I mean, Buck's Fizz is kind of a classic for Christmas, um, but I would make it with um, fresh freshly squeezed juice and maybe um sling some like clementines and that in there um to make it even more festive but 
uh, pre pre dinner, I think I would go with like personally maybe like um uh port like a white port and tonic or a um like a dry vermouth with some soda water and a load of olives if you're happy with something a bit more kind of savory and refreshing it's that kind of um spice but um a little bit of a kind of white wine kind of vibe which will get you into the the main event I think so it's it's a bit savory um and kickstart your palate and a bit fun uh, but not too strong I think things like vermouth and soda it's a nice drink but it's not too it's not too boozy so it's you know still space for a glass of wine with <laughs> yeah. that sounds lovely and uh, another question Jane Steele asked um how to make a special Christmas lunch for two without having to eat turkey for days on end Oh, I can feel this one. I actually wrote um, a tray bake, a Christmas dinner tray bake uh, recipe for Olive Magazine. You'll find it at olivemagazine.com. Um, and basically you use um, one breast, one turkey breast and one uh, leg, which you can get from your butcher if you just ask them because they'll have those things to hand. Um, and then you basically, on a, like a big tray, and then it's all about timing. So you like roast your potatoes and then, or you ro- roast your turkey, then you add your uh, potatoes then you add um, all these different layers so that it's just like a one tray thing. And then also it's hardly any washing up. Bonus. That sounds like a winner, yeah. Mm. A bit like I'm constantly washing off at Christmas. Yeah. yeah, but that's why I cook though, because, you know, you don't have to do as much washing up. That's true. I always get lumped with both of the jobs. Actually, no, I- I'm lying. My mum does the dinner. <laughs> I don't know why I just lied. <laughs> I caught myself because I was thinking... Just just having to do the washing up, is that right? Yeah, I I help. I'm like the sous chef, but I was just thinking my mum's probably going to listen to this and she'd get quite annoyed. So, (laughs) mum, I admit, I I don't do most of the cooking. I take that back. Anna, ideas for turkey for two? um, If there's just two people, um, if you really sort of wanted to go down a maybe a slightly different route and not have turkey is you could get a really really amazing like organic chicken um with, and have all uh, like sort of like smaller adapted versions of the trimmings which i think is a really lovely idea and it feels a bit more special um even it doesn't feel like a roast chicken because you've got all of these extra you know you've got like, the pigs in blankets and the stuffing that you wouldn't normally have um with a sunday roast so either that or if you wanted to go really sort of very different roasted duck which is absolutely amazing um it's kind of and you won't be bored of it either you after a couple of days because there's so many different things you could do and you could make like um you could sort of put the leftovers into salads um and soups and stews and things like that so there's loads you can do with it but that's really nice for two two to three people and uh cordy sarah woodward asked what's your best nut roast recipe so there's a really great recipe actually in the Christmas issue of Olive magazine, which I wrote, which is um, a nut race that's based on butternut squash and it's like a smoky one. So it's got smoked paprika and then it's any nuts that you like. So um, pecans and walnuts or Brazil nuts would work really well. And then it's sweetened with um, medjool dates, which is kind of like a festive twist. And then you've got some mushrooms in there, sage, and also for a little bit of bulk, it's got red lentils in, which makes it quite firm when it's baked so you can slice it. And I kind of hate it when you try and slice a nut roast and, you know, it kind of collapses. So that's a really nice recipe um, in the Christmas issue of Olive magazine. I can confirm. It looks beautiful as well. And then, yeah, it's got like a topping on it, which is like a buttery sage, like crispy sage butter that's got smoked paprika in there as well. And then you've got some of the nuts, toasted nuts on. So it's kind of, it looks like really show-stopping as well. There's also like a stuffed nut roast on BBC Good Food that Esther did, uh, which has got like feta inside, 
which is absolutely amazing. If you wanted something sort of um, a little bit, you know, different, that's that's really good as well. And whilst we're on the topic of vegetarian and vegan options, uh, Nicola Peake asked ideas on a really nice veggie or vegan option. I'm neither of these, but my daughter is always in and out of it. Something other than the loaf options. So you could do some, say, uh, like Christmas crackers with some fillings in there, like sweet potato or chickpeas uh, spiced with mixed spice and cinnamon. So you get like a really nice festive feel through it. Um, or you could make a galette so you could do like a sprout galette uh, you could use some like vegan soft cheese as the base and then do some shredded uh, shredded sprouts with some hazelnuts and maybe some lemon on there as well that yeah. sounds amazing sounds unreal yeah and I, I wrote a vegan wellington for oliver uh, a few years ago which has got um layers of beetroot and kale and red pepper and a stuffing in between and then yeah it's got an olive oil pastry which is really interesting um, because yeah, it's using a, like a bit of a different fat to make your pastry. Um, but yeah, super delicious. And it, when it cuts, it's got really distinct, um, beautiful layers as well. Real showstopper. That sounds amazing. I actually saw that one on all of the other day. I think maybe I'll do a nut roast for new year's day or new year's Eve or something just to sort of mix it up a bit because I'm going to have meat on Christmas day, but it's nice to, you know, try something that much of a centerpiece on another special occasion start the year right or end it right we'll see <laughs> if you if you wanted to there are some candied carrot mini nut, nut roasts on the bbc good food website which you can freeze ahead so you can make them and then all you need to do is just put them in the oven alongside roast potatoes if you wanted to do like a bit of a mix and match you could do that or try those for new year as well they're really nice that sounds lovely i'm hungry now miriam is that yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I think, oh, do you know what? This is one of the hardest decisions I think I've ever had to make in my life. Wow. Like, <laughs> I just, it's, yeah. Um, because I know we are quite close to Christmas, so. Yeah, genuinely. Um, it's, you know, it's like you say, Adam, you know, you could make this in July. Well, that ship you, you can't. <laughs> 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 that's that's already happened. Um but we do have quite a bit of time on our hands and it does sound like a labour of love. Um, Anna, you, um, uh, yours sounds great and it's just super inclusive. And, you know, having looked through the recipe, it's got, it has got a lot of stuff in it, but it's all stuff that you would have already um, for the most part. Oh, I actually feel really nervous. Good. My, my, like my my chest is getting a bit tight. Who's going to win? <laughs> um, I think I'm going to have to give this one to Adam. Oh, Anna! Oh, I'm sorry. Congratulations. Tough luck. I'm hey. sorry, Anna. Gusted. <laughs> They're both so good, and it's just it was one of the hardest. It's one of the hardest things, and it's you know, yeah. There were there were serious merits to your recipe, Anna. There really were. Oh, now he's gracious. <laughs> yeah you should always be a gracious winner <laughs> do you know what i'm going to go on to bbcgoodfood.com and olivemagazine.com and get some inspiration so i think that's all we have time for amazing um up next we'll be discussing and debating yorkshire puddings and their place on the christmas table Absolutely so don't not. forget to subscribe <laughs> oh don't, don't forget to subscribe this. on itunes Acast, spotify or wherever you get your podcasts to never miss an episode thanks everyone bye bye thanks. Thanks.
listening to have a nice christmas from bbc good food find all the recipes and more information on the podcast at bbcgoodfood.com slash podcasts